0: and welcome to a very special episode of the movie podcast. My name is Shabazz and I am joined here by my second devil. You know,
1: we have, we're three of us. (laughs) I don't know why, why would the devil do that? Why would the devil do that?
0: Yeah. I mean, you're not the, you're not the cool devil. You're more like the, uh, he's the devil, that
1: guy. Yeah. I'm like Al Pacino in, uh, the, no, No. the the movie where (laughs) he plays the devil. Oh, the, the apprentice. The no, what? what? The Apprentice? No, what no. with Keanu Reeves, <laughs> the what Devil's Advocate, the the Devil's Advocate, advocate. <laughs> yeah, the Apprentice, the Devil's knows. Apprentice. You're That's,
0: fired. Uh, yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you're going to hell. <laughs> yeah, um, no, yeah, Didn't do I did mean, well.
1: I did do it, <laughs> but um, yeah, I would be, I would be that type of devil, you know, like in the church, toying oh, you, with you, the the holy wa- the water, holy
0: water. Uh, you're you you're like the shit disturber devil. That's what you are. You're like, yeah, I'm just gonna be in everyone's way.
1: Seriously, this movie does not have any devils in it. I I, <laughs> I, I know they talk about the five, but uh, I think there are some sort of devil connections to it. But um, absolutely, I'm doing very good as a devil would do.
0: Yeah, I mean that makes sense. Yeah, the devil will probably be doing pretty well because he's like, yeah, I got all these sinners coming in. It's like a potty in hell, you know. That, that's what I da- assume. Is da- Daniel's not
1: here, so he's not the sinner. This week,
0: he's he's always been a he's always been a, a a good boy, you know, as we call him on the show. We're like good good boy Daniel, GBD. Yeah. He's a little <laughs> angel. <laughs> he's
1: flying like eight, with his eight. wings.
0: He's the only angel with also devil's horns. It's it's a little it's a little weird how it happens.
1: That's true, man. It is yeah. very true.
0: But of course, again, this is a very special episode of The Movie Podcast. Like I mentioned, if you are new to The Movie Podcast, hello and welcome. You can follow us at The Movie Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. If you're listening to this on some sort of a listening device, like um, an iPhone or an Android phone, you're probably listening to this then in an app. And that app might be Spotify or the Apple Podcast app or whatever leave us a a five stars in there if you can, you know, leave us a comment in there if you can as well. And of course, also just subscribe to us because we're going to have a lot of great stuff coming out and you're going to be so excited. Of course, we want to give a huge shout out to to Mubi for allowing us this interview as well. Uh, We had the lovely, lovely chance to speak with the director for the film, Leia Mizu. So, I mean, when you listen to this interview, you're going to get a great idea as to how much passion she has for this film, how much passion we had talking to her about it, and of course, also just what this movie is really about, because there's a lot of things that you know this movie kind of presents to you, and it can be taken in a completely different context. But what I love is that Leia, she has a very fine point of what she's trying to say, and we get to kind of discover that alongside her. Uh Anthony, anything about this interview that you really want to kind of uh talk about?
1: Well, this is our second international interview. So this is this is amazing to just be able to connect with creators from around the world. Uh this time we're in France. We're kind of like navigating the globe. Next time Bonjour. Who, knows who we'll be. Bonjour. Uh but yeah, last time we were in uh, South Korea. Korea and now yeah. and we're in France. But yeah, no, it's amazing to connect with artists and creators who have a different concept of filmmaking that we are so used to here in North America. So getting to talk to them, getting to understand where they're coming from and having them actually talk about how their creative vision is for a film that's so out of this scope. Very, you know, We were talking about decision to leave and how out of scope that movie was. And compared to what we are so normally used to, this is another movie. The Five Devils is one of those films that you're, you're just in awe of that, wow, you told me a fantastic story in, in and in that is very complicated, but in such a way that I understand. And I think that type of filmmaking is lost. And when you get it from around the world and you get it from people who are passionate about making films, it's fantastic. And talking to Leia, she was able to kind of like dive into it and give us all the 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 breakdown of what made this movie and all the creators, uh, sorry, the, all the actors and actresses that were a part of it, fantastic. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you. Uh, before we kick it over to our
0: interview with uh, Le Monsieur, I do want to kick it over to our ad with Mubi, the greatest place to kind of get all the curated films from around the world. So let's hear it from our sponsor. This episode of the Movie Podcast is brought to you by Movie, a global curated streaming service showing exceptional films from around the globe. From iconic directors to
1: emerging auteurs, there is always something new to discover. Some recent movie releases include Park Chan-Wook's *Decision to Leave*, Lars Von Teer's *The Kingdom* trilogy, and on May twelfth, Leia Masu's *The Five Devils*. With the Movie, each and every film is hand selected. It's like your own personal film festival, streaming anytime, anywhere. So we like movies, right? We talk about movies a lot here on the Movie Podcast. I don't
0: know if you have proof of
1: that. Uh, well, I mean, look at the name of our show. It's the Movie podcasts. I thought we were called the Movie Podcast. Well, let me tell you more about Movie, because like we said, every single film is hand-selected. Their layouts make every film
0: look like you just want to learn more about it. Because there's always something new that comes out every day. And the fact that there's something new that comes out every day, it keeps the content fresh.
1: You know, a big film coming out this week on Movie is The Five Devils. We were really lucky to have an interview with Leia Misu, who it's just coming out later this week on the show. So make sure you tune in for that and watch the film. And it is absolutely incredible. The Five Devils is absolutely fantastic. It's probably it's like one of my favorite movies of 2022 that's coming out in 2023. But fantastic! Like what a what a script, what a story! Like this is something that you would normally you would never find. In American cinema, this is like a pure European movie. And guess who has it? Movie. People call us the Three Devils, so why
0: not have the Five Devils alongside us? You can try a movie free for 30 days at movie.com slash the movie podcast. That's M U B I dot com slash the movie podcast for a whole month of great cinema for free. Please welcome the director of the Five Devils, Leah to the movie podcast. Hello, Leia. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us today on the Movie Podcast. My name is Shabazz. And I'm
1: Anthony.
2: Okay. Nice to meet you. Thank you. <laughs>
1: Amazing. How are you?
2: Good, good. <laughs> Very good.
1: Your film, The Five Devils, is absolutely incredible. We we love it here on mm-hmm. the Movie Podcast. What inspired you to create it?
2: C'est uh, quoi
3: uh, qui uh, vous a inspiré à créer ce film qui est vraiment incroyable On l'a <laughs> adoré
2: Alors c'est, alors c'est vraiment, euh, c'est vraiment d'un, un goût personnel que j'ai moi pour les odeurs. Je voulais vraiment commencer par ça, par euh, parler d'une petite fille qui avait un don pour les, pour les odeurs et qui collectait, collectait un peu euh, toutes ces odeurs en pot, comme moi je faisais un peu quand j'étais euh, enfant avec ma soeur jumelle. Quoi. Et à partir de cette idée-là, j'ai construit le personnage de Vicky et que je voulais un peu étrange et burlesque et qui soit vraiment euh, euh, folle amoureuse de sa mère. Et un peu trop, même amoureuse de sa mère, et qui, qui du coup, euh, euh, a une sorte d'angoisse en fait par rapport à cet amour-là, quoi. Et que, on s'aperçoit qu'en fait, elle porte le poids d'un passé qu'elle ne connaît pas. Et grâce à la magie et tout ça, elle va découvrir ce passé. Et c'est comme ça que le film est né, quoi.
3: Voilà. So uh, so it's actually a personal taste that I have for smells, for scents, and that's where I wanted to start off with. I wanted to start off by talking about a little girl who had a particular gift for scents, and mm, she would collect a little bit of uh, a wide range of, of different scents in little jars, which is something that I would do when I was a little girl together with my twin sister. And so starting from that uh, Um, idea. I built the character of Vicky, I wanted for her to be a little weird and a little funny. And I wanted for her to be madly in love with her mother, a little bit too in love with her mother. And all of a sudden, she is pervaded by a sort of uh, anguish, which she feels about this love. And little by little, we realize that she is carrying the weight of a past that she didn't know of. And thanks to magic, she is going to discover this past. And this is how the
1: movie came to be. Amazing. What was the
0: biggest challenge for you going from directing short films to feature length movies? Um,
2: je pense que là, en fait, tout, tout, tout était un challenge dans ce film. Tout était compliqué. Euh, après, il fallait pas que ça ait l'air compliqué, évidemment, quoi. Mais euh, déjà d'avoir choisi un enfant, mais dans mes courts métrages, déjà, j'avais des enfants et on m'avait toujours dit pas d'enfants, pas d'animaux et pas de pellicule aussi et j'ai fait les trois mmh. <rire> évidemment parce qu'il se trouve qu'en fait plus c'est plus c'est difficile plus si on y arrive évidemment plus il y a de vie dans le dans le film et c'est ce que je cherche aussi la vie le mouvement le... voilà
3: well everything was a challenge uh, everything was complicated and of course one needs for that not to show it doesn't need to look complicated um, First of all, having chosen a child as a protagonist, but that's something I had already done in my shorts. Um, they always say in movies, uh, no children, no animals, and no film. And I did the three of them, the trifecta. <laughs> <laughs> um, but having said that, um, when it's challenging, if you do pull it off, that gives more life to the movie. And that's what I want. I want for it to be full of life and movement.
2: Mais ce que je pense, en fait, ce qui était le plus dur, je pense, dans le film, c'est de c'est la croyance. C'est de garder la croyance du spectateur, alors que justement, on bascule dans le fantastique, et c'est à quel moment on bascule dans le fantastique, à quel moment on reste réaliste pour emporter petit à petit le le spectateur dans notre monde et qu'il y croit surtout, parce que si on n'y croit pas, le film tombe à l'eau, quoi.
3: Uh, I think, though, what was the most challenging in this movie, it was credibility. It was holding the viewer's credibility um, when at some point you do pivot to fantasy. And at that point, when you pivot into fantasy, it's important to 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 bring the viewer little by little into your world, and for the viewer to believe and to buy into it, because if you, as a viewer, don't believe, uh, then the movie sort of collapses.
1: Definitely, I I would say that that would have been that was like my biggest takeaway was the believability. It really felt like this was a real. It's, this 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 is actually happening and I I bought into it right away I'm like wow this is this is such a unique story and it's being told in such a way that I think a lot of audiences will not be disconnected from it or, or kind of like not relate to it it was just actually' an amazing story
2: thank you you have a question about a no, did not have it was just a
3: comment. thank you very much. There was no question, right? It was just a comment.
1: No, 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 it's just it's just me expressing my love for this movie. Mm-hmm. Um you're welcome. Do you do you find or sorry, my sorry, my other question. Uh who were your favorite directors growing up and how did they influence your work?
2: Alors j'ai, c'est très difficile pour moi de dire un qui a une seule personne, enfin un seul réalisateur que que je préfère puisque j'en aime énormément quoi et que surtout euh, c'est, c'est beaucoup de beaucoup de films, beaucoup de livres euh, qui ont construit ma ma cinéphilie et du coup ce que j'écris quoi. Après si je dois citer des, des films je cite souvent. Les films que j'ai vus très tôt dans mon enfance, parce que c'est comme si c'était inscrit durablement en moi, quoi, parce que je les ai vus très tôt. Euh, et je pense à la nuit du, chate- du chasseur de Charles Laughton et Freaks, qui sont des films que j'ai vus quand j'avais entre 2 et 5 ans, donc j'étais vraiment jeune, et qui se sont vraiment, euh, qui m'ont qui ont vraiment imprégné euh, Je pense ce que je suis aujourd'hui et tout ce que j'écris, parce que je sens que ça, ça transparait dans, dans tous mes scénarios, quoi, et, et mes films. Et il y a aussi le tambour de jean qui, qui m'a beaucoup marqué, qui a influencé ce film aussi, je pense, c'est le personnage de Vicky.
3: Well, it's always very difficult for me to single out a an individual filmmaker who's my favorite because there's so many filmmakers that I love, and so many movies and so many books uh, that turn me into you know, a cinephile and so whenever i'm asked to single out um a movie it's it's challenging but um i generally mention those that i saw as as a child when i was little because those are um made a lasting impression on me and i saw them when i was very young and the first one that comes to mind is the knight of the hunter um and then um uh, I, I just I don't know that the title's in, in English. For otherwise, because um, the freaks, freaks, and the other thing is a syndrome. I think okay and uh, those are um the ones that i had that i i saw when i was a really really small child and they made a mark on me wow. and uh, i think that um they made a mark on the way i write and uh, they come into all of my scripts and also uh, le tambour um, right. je, je, uh, est-ce que vous savez le, le titre en anglais par hasard the, t- the drum ah so c'est the team okay uh is is team drum and uh yeah that those are the ones that really Im- influenced me uh especially when i thought about the um the vicky character
0: absolutely yeah and it's it's amazing to see you know how other directors and films out there inspired you to create some of your best work because this movie is phenomenal and you can totally see a lot of their dna kind of being pushed through you as well um, do you find more freedom when writing a screenplay or directing a film? Um, je,
2: je pense qu'on on est plus libre quand on, en ce qui me concerne quand j'écris un scénario. Évidemment, c'est à faire encore. Donc, euh, alors que quand on, on dirige, évidemment, il y a de la liberté parce que c'est ce qu'on recherche, mais on est dans un cadre puisqu'on a déjà écrit le scénario qu'il faut tourner. Enfin, en tout cas, moi, c'est ce que je fais. Quoi. Et, et je pense que le. Que le scénario, c'est vraiment le, le, les fondations du film et qu'il faut vraiment travailler le scénario, même si euh, parfois euh, on n'a pas envie d'écrire et tout. Moi, c'est pas, ça me concerne pas parce que j'adore écrire, mais. Et que le film se fait au tournage et au montage ensuite et se réécrit toujours, mais le scénario, c'est vraiment les fondations. Et c'est là où tout en un, une grande liberté, il faut, faut être le plus précis possible, quoi.
3: Um, as far as I'm concerned, it's really when I write a script, um, because, you know, when you're directing, yes, you do have some degree of freedom, uh, because, you know, you know what, what you're looking for, but, um, you are working within a frame that has already been laid out in your script. Um, it, I think. I me mean, the script is truly uh, the basis of of, of the, the movie and uh, I think what you really need to work on to do the maximum extent is this is the script um, even though sometimes one may not feel like writing uh, one needs to stick to it and having said that that's not a concern for me because I adore writing um, and then the movie is made when, when you're shooting and then we're your editing and it's always sort of rewritten uh, as you go along, but the script is truly the foundation and it is at that level that I feel I have a great freedom and I need to be as precise as possible.
1: The Five Devils has received critical acclaim and has been selected for numerous film festivals. How does it feel to see your work recognized in in this way?
2: C'est toujours très agréable, évidemment, mais après, on s- ne se rend pas vraiment compte de, de, la, de la portée qu'il y a. En fait, ce qui est, ce qui est vraiment important, c'est, c'est de sentir une salle, je trouve, ou qu'il y en ait beaucoup, hein, mais, mais c'est de sentir que, que le film est, est vu et reçu, parce que pour moi, tant qu'un film n'est pas vu, il n'existe pas, vraiment. Donc, plus il est vu, plus il existe, d'une certaine manière, et plus ça, ça provoque des images chez les, chez les gens, plus je suis heureuse, quoi. Voilà. <rire>
3: Um, it's always very pleasant, of course, uh, but at the end of the day, one doesn't realize um, the true extent of what it means until the movie is out in a theater and people see it. Um, the, the movie needs to be seen and to be and to generate a reaction within viewers until that happens uh if it is as if the movie didn't exist yet so the more the movie is seen uh the more it triggers images in people and the more that happens the happier i am
0: that's amazing and we're hoping that more people get to see it and then just fall in love with it as much as we have as well
2: (laughs) thank
0: you Um Adele delivers a standout performance as Joanne in, in your film. Can you speak to what drew you to her as an actress and what you did together to bring this complex character to life?
2: No, we very Okay, d'accord. <laughs> <laughs> Euh, donc, euh, le, en fait, le, le Adèle, moi, m'a toujours intéressée en tant que comédienne puisque dans la vie d'Adèle, déjà, je l'avais trouvé géniale, mais dans tous ses rôles, parce que je trouve qu'elle a quelque chose de très puissant, de très physique, de très sensuel de, et de très juste, où elle est tout le temps juste quoi qu'elle fasse et elle oublie toujours la caméra. Donc, ça, c'est vraiment ce qui moi m'intéresse chez les comédiens et à la fois une palette assez large. Le, le, truc juste, c'est que elle, c'était l'opposé du personnage de Joanne. Donc, c'est pour ça que ça nous a intéressé avec Judith Chalier, la, la, la directrice de casting, d'aller demander à Adèle de, d'interpréter Joanne. C'est que, justement, Joanne, c'est une personne qui est très froide, qui est très peu physique au début, en tout cas, qui est très contenue, qui, qui, en fait, on, on pourrait la comparer à un volcan éteint qu'on, voilà, et elle va, elle va éteindre le feu en permanence dans l'eau gelée, comme ça. Et du coup, Adèle, il a fallu qu'elle compose vraiment pour avoir ce personnage de froid et déconnecté de son corps. quoi en tout cas, essayant d'étouffer le feu qu'elle a en elle. Et ce qui m'intéressait, c'était que chez Adèle, donc il fallait tout ce travail de, de contrainte, où il fallait la tenir, même donc on faisait beaucoup de travail de corps, où elle devait se tenir droite, articuler. Et en fait, même si on la contraint comme ça... Elle, il y a de la vie qui déborde toujours chez elle. On sent qu'elle bouillonne à l'intérieur, quoi. Et ce qui m'intéressait, c'était que d'un coup, quand on passait dans le passé, là, le contraste était saisissant, puisque Adèle, elle était pleine de vie, effervescente, et on se demandait, mais qu'est-ce qui, enfin, l'idée, c'était de se demander, mais comme Vicky qu'est-ce qui s'est passé, quoi, pour que il y ait une telle différence entre la Joanne, Adèle du présent et du passé, et que petit à petit, comme ça, la, la, la carapace de, de Joanne se fissure et Adèle éclate, éclate un peu. Donc, le, le, la personnalité d'Adèle a contaminé Joanne, mais il fallait qu'elle se contienne, quoi. C'était ça, le travail. <rire> um,
3: well with adele um she's somebody i've always been interested in as an actress uh ever since i saw her in in uh, blue is the warmest color and i thought she was incredible but she is just perfect in all of her roles uh, i find that there's something very powerful in her something very physical and sensual and then very right um she is always right no matter what role she takes on and um she forgets that she's in front of the camera. And that's what I really like in actors. Also, she has a very large palette that she can cover. Um, She is just so right. The only thing was that she was the opposite as our character, uh, as, as Joanne. And um that's why we were interested with my casting director um, in asking her to take on this role as Joanne. But, um our character was a very cold person and uh in the beginning of the movie her physicality is uh, very limited or very contained um actually we could compare her to an inactive volcano and her task was to keep um this inactive volcano contained in in the frozen water and so all of a sudden Adele needed to truly work on it to truly um, work on on her character that could be so cold and to disconnect her body from what was going on inside her or to basically smother the fire that was within her that's what I was very interested in in Adele we needed to do all this limiting work we needed to keep her in check and we needed to work a lot on her body. In the beginning, she needed to be all straight, and she needed to articulate, and she needed to um, basically feel as if she was in restraints. And uh, all of a sudden, there was all this life that just it comes bubbles out out of her and we have the perception that inside um it, it just bubbles and that's what i was really really interested in especially when then we moved on to the parts about the past this contrast was particularly fascinating because adele was full of life she was effervescent and the idea was for the viewer to ask themselves, the way Vicky does, what happened? What happened um, generates such a marked difference between the joy that Adele has in the present and what happened in the past. Uh, so, little by little, it's as if the um, shell that was constraining Joanne uh, had little fissures in it, and Adele is allowed to cut pop out of it and her personality contaminates Joanne's uh, but we did need to contain her a lot that's the kind of work we needed to do with her
1: definitely you can definitely see the range from what she what she experiences in the past and what she's experiencing in the present such a, a range of 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 emotions Adele portrays it's it's amazing and I, I'm you're, you're right like was the warmest color is where I was first introduced to her and she and her performance was fantastic there and I'm so happy that she was able to be part of your film. As <laughs> uh, Sally Dramé is also remarkable as Vicky. Can you discuss your experience working with with Sally and how you helped her portray such a nuanced and emotional character on screen?
2: Oui bien sûr. Alors, euh, Sally en fait euh c'était un personnage qu'on disait qu'il allait être difficile de trouver évidemment puisque elle a 8 ans que elle doit être à la fois étrange, profonde mais drôle et qu'elle doit savoir jouer enfin en vrai c'était pas forcément nécessaire puisqu'après on, on a eu le temps de, d'apprendre à jouer ensemble mais du coup la directrice du casting a vu peut-être 40 ou 50 fillettes mais en fait elle elle est, elle est arrivée dans les premiers jours Et les premiers castings, c'était, elles devait faire des petits, enfin, toutes les petites filles devaient faire des pots, arranger des choses pour comme ça, et, et comme ça, on, allait, on voyait un peu même juste jusqu'à ce jusqu'à ouais comment elles étaient, quoi, face à, face à une caméra. Et tout de suite, là, Salim m'a, m'a, m'a un peu tapé dans, dans l'œil, je fonctionne vraiment en coup de foudre, et j'ai eu un coup de, coup de foudre pour elle, et moi, j'ai vu peut-être deux ou trois fillettes. Et j'ai tout de suite vu euh, su que ça allait être elle quand euh, quand elle était entrée dans la pièce parce qu'elle avait ce, ce truc euh, à la fois très euh, très sage où on dirait qu'elle a mille ans et à la fois euh, c'est une petite fille de huit ans quoi après elle savait pas du tout jouer pour le coup et on a beaucoup travaillé là dessus et dans la vie elle est à l'opposé du personnage mais peut-être que je le fais dans un je vais dans un deuxième temps ouais
3: Um, Well, it was definitely a character that was very difficult to find because she's 80 years old and she needed to be at the same time weird and deep and funny and she needed to be able to act. But that was actually not necessary because then we did have time to learn to um, act together to teach her. But what happened was that the casting director actually saw between 40 and 50 little girls um but she showed up in the first uh, few days in the first sort of round of casting um and what we did was that we asked these little girls to um play with those jars and to put things uh, away in those jars and we would see how they would react when they were faced with the camera. And all of a sudden, Sally um, just struck me. Um it, it worked out right away. It was love at first sight uh, for me with her. Um I think I personally saw about Two or three other girls, but I knew right away the minute she stepped into the room that it was going to be her. Um, she had this thing of coming off as very wise. We would think she's like a thousand years old. And at the same time, she is eighty years old. And the issue was though that she couldn't really act at all. So we had to work on uh, teaching her acting skills, um, in real life as well. But En réalité, elle est l'opposé, Et, euh, translate and then I'll continue
2: on, on this point. Parce que, et du, en fait, on a eu beaucoup de temps parce que le premier tournage a été décalé pour cause de Covid. Donc, en fait, il y a un an qui s'est passé entre les deux. Et j'avais peur qu'elle grandisse, moi, Sally. Mais bon, elle n'a pas pris un centimètre. Donc, j'espère, j'espère que ce n'est pas à cause du film. Mais bon, parce qu'après le film, elle a, elle a grandi ensuite. Et, mais, mais en revanche, elle a mûri. Donc, elle avait pas pris un centimètre, mais elle avait grand, elle avait grandi en âge, quoi. Et du coup, c'était plus simple. Et puis, on s'est vu pendant un an, pratiquement. Et pendant trois mois, on a, on a répété très, très souvent. C'était plus simple parce qu'elle comprenait plus les choses. Finalement, pendant le tournage, elle avait dix ans, même si elle faisait plus jeune. Et ça, ça, je pense que ça a vraiment joué. Et ce qu'on a fait, c'est qu'on a beaucoup travaillé sur le corps d'abord, où elle devait, euh, occuper le corps de Vicky. Donc, je vais vous montrer comment elle devait marcher, comment elle devait se tenir. Une fois qu'elle a, qu'elle a, et je l'ai filmé. Il fallait vraiment qu'elle oublie la caméra. Comme je le disais, c'est quelque chose qui est très, très important pour moi et qui n'est pas du tout naturel pour la plupart des gens. Et ça n'était l'était pas pour pour Sally. Donc, on a beaucoup travaillé ça, où je la filmais juste en train de manger, en train de, de se déplacer, en train de faire n'importe quoi, jusqu'à qu'elle s'habitue à ma présence et qu'elle me fasse confiance et qu'elle oublie cet œil qui la regarde. Parce que la caméra, c'est un œil. quoi. C'est comme quand euh, on, on doit marcher déjà d'un coup, de, et on s'aperçoit que tout le monde nous regarde, d'un coup, on ne sait plus marcher. Enfin, c'est quelque chose qui est, qui, qui est vraiment difficile d'être regardé. Donc, fallait oublier ça, déjà. Une fois qu'elle avait ça, on a travaillé la parole, où là, euh, je, là je la faisais parler, dire euh, ce qu'elle enfin, des choses, quoi, de la vie, me raconter des choses. Et ensuite, on a rajouté le texte. Et on a aussi beaucoup travaillé sur la relation avec Joanne, donc avec Adèle, leur relation de comment leur corps se euh, bouge ensemble. Euh, on faisait plein de jeux d'enfants, comme ça, pour, euh, pour qu'elle soit dans le corps de Vicky, vraiment. Um, well, the
3: acting thing, we had plenty of time to work on it because um, initially we had set a date for the shoot and then it got pushed by a year because of COVID. So there was a lot of time that went by between those two dates and i was actually afraid that she would grow up too much uh, but actually she didn't even put on one inch and uh i hope it's not because of the movie because actually after we saw she did grow she did um become much taller having said that uh she did become a lot more mature and um it, you know she was is a year older and that made her uh, easier to work with. And also we saw each other a lot over that year. And over the last three months, we did a a lot of rehearsals together. And because she was more mature, it was easier for her to understand a lot of things. Actually, when we ended up shooting, she was 10 years old. She was no longer eight, but she did look younger. And I think that was very helpful for you know, what we needed to do. Uh, so we worked a lot together on her body. She needed to occupy, um, Vicky's body and I needed to learn how to walk like her and how to stand like her. Um, And then when I started filming her, she needed to forget the camera. As I mentioned earlier, that's something that's very important for me for actors to do. And um, that's something not natural for most people and uh it wasn't natural for sally either so we worked on that a lot i would just film her all the time when she was eating when she was going from one place to another like on the train uh no matter what she was doing i would just film her so that she would get used to having me around and um she would trust me she would learn uh do you forget about this eye that was fixed on her because that's what the camera is it's an eye that is on the actor uh like for example when you have to walk and all of a sudden you realize that uh, everybody's looking at you and then all of a sudden you feel like you can no longer walk as as even as a lay person and uh, so it's very very difficult to be watched and she learned to do that and then after that part on the body we moved on to working with the text with words and um i would get her to talk and i would get her to say certain things about her her life to tell me stories about what was going on with her and then we added the actual text from the script so we worked on that part and then we added on the relationship with joanne uh so with um adele and we worked on the way their bodies would work together the way they would move together. And we did all kinds of kids games um, so that she could truly embody Vicky's being.
0: That's, that's a lot of work that kind of went into making that uh, character stand out so much.
1: Yeah. It's, I think the level of maturity and it's probably a challenge for a lot of directors is to like get them to, Be a part of the story that it's pretty adult or oriented but it's also in the eyes of a child but then also i don't want to i don't want to spoil too much of the story but it's also in a different way and that's where the beauty of this this movie is it's like okay well this person's not just eight years old could be a different person within
0: (laughs) what are you hoping that audiences will take away from watching the five devils
2: J'espère que, que, en fait, euh, une fois qu'ils seront sortis, bon, j'espère évidemment qu'ils, qu'ils vont être émus et tout ça et, que, et qu'ils vont emporter des images du, du film avec eux, que ce soit les, l'image du début du feu, que ce soit plein d'images du film, parce que l'image, euh, le, le film a plein d'images. Mais ce que j'aimerais surtout, c'est que, en fait, euh, de ces images, fleurissent d'autres images en deux. Donc, en fait, ce soit leurs propres images qu'ils qui emportent avec eux. Et que, du coup, le, le film soit quelque chose de très fertile, en fait.
3: Um I hope that after they walk out from watching this movie, well, of course, I hope that they're touched, that they're moved, and I hope that they retain some images from the movie within them. For example, the images of when the fire um, sets out. But um there's many other images in the film because the film is filled with all kinds of different images. But what I would love the most would be for these images to sort of flourish within the viewer and for them to trigger new images, their own images. So what I would want would be for the viewer to take away new images that are triggered by my movie and that awakens their own fertility.
0: Amazing. Very cool. Leah, thank you so much for joining us today on the Movie Podcast. You know, we can't wait for more people to watch this movie. It's it's such a pleasure to talk to you as well, and we're so grateful for your time.
2: Thank you, thank you very much.
0: Thank you, Leah. Thank you. Bye.
2: Thank you, right. thank
0: you, thank you so you much, let Thank let's, you. Let's see. Thank you so much to Leah and Sue for joining us on the Movie Podcast, and of course, thank you so much to MUBI for allowing us this opportunity. Please make sure to go check out MUBI for you know the best cinema out there from around the globe it's all cured it's all on there and of course you can get 30 days free if you listen to that ad in the beginning and if you did listen to that ad i, I might spoil it here but again if you head over to movie.com slash the movie podcast you can get 30 days free right now so go ahead and give it a shot go watch the five devils let us know what you think that was this time with the movie podcast and we'll see you next